Good morning, I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School Sermon Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. Good to have you with us here today for our Congregation of Prayer, Guide for Daily Meditation and Prayer Around God's Word. It's Friday, February 4th, 2022. And we'll continue our catechesis through the uh, end of the southern kingdom of Judah, now with the prophet Jeremiah, who will be, of course, the one who will speak uh, of the coming judgment and destruction. All right? Son of Hilkiah. We begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. <clears throat> say our memory verse. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. Psalm 103, verses 1 through 3. Prayer psalm for this week, Psalm 144. Blessed be the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. He is my steadfast love and my fortress, my stronghold and my deliverer, my shield, and he in whom I take refuge, who subdues peoples under me. O Lord, what is man that you regard him, or the son of man that you think of him? Man is like a breath, his days are like a passing shadow. Bow your heavens, O Lord, and come down, touch the mountains so that they smoke. Flash forth the lightning and scatter them, send out your arrows and rout them. Stretch out your hand from on high, rescue me and deliver me from the many waters, from the hand of foreigners, whose mouths speak lies and whose right hand is a right hand of falsehood. I will sing a new song to you, O God, upon a ten-stringed harp I will play to you, who gives victory to kings, who rescues David his servant from the cruel sword. Rescue me and deliver me from the hand of foreigners, whose mouths speak lies and whose right hand is a right hand of falsehood. May our sons in their youth be like plants full grown, our daughters like corner pillars cut for the structure of a palace. May our granaries be full, providing all kinds of produce. May our sheep bring forth thousands and ten thousands in our fields. May our cattle be heavy with young, suffering no mishap or failure in the bearing. May there be no cry of distress in our streets. Blessed are the people to whom such blessings fall. Blessed are the people whose God is the Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. All right, our first reading today is from 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Now, concerning the ministering to the saints, it is superfluous for me to write to you, for I know your willingness, about which I boast to you, to the Macedonians, that Achaia was ready a year ago, and your zeal has stirred up the majority. Yet I have sent the brethren, lest our boasting of you should be in vain in this respect. That is, as I said, you may be ready, lest if some Macedonians come with me and find you unprepared, we, not to mention you, should be ashamed of this confident boasting. Therefore I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren to go to you ahead of time, and prepare your generous gift beforehand, which you had previously promised, that it may be ready as a matter of generosity, and not as a grudging obligation. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, 
and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he proposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you, having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. As it is written, he has dispersed abroad, he has given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Now, may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness while you are enriched in everything for all liberality, which causes thanksgiving through us to God. For the administration of this service not only supplies the needs of the saints, but also is abounding through many thanksgivings to God. While, through the proof of this ministry, they glorify God for the obedience of your confession to the gospel of Christ, and for your liberal sharing with me, with them, and all men, and by their prayer for you, who long for you because of the exceeding grace of God in you. Thanks be to God for this indescribable gift. All right, so um, we heard about this yesterday in chapter 8, but now here in chapter 9 as well. Again, this is a part of a, a missionary journey, the third journey, that is um, for the purpose of raising funds for the needs of the saints in Jerusalem uh, because they've been under a famine. And it gives Paul occasion then to talk about um, generosity versus obligation, right? And uh, you'll note that uh, Jesus himself deals with this in terms of the, the widow's might, right? How she gave out of her poverty, but others give out of their uh, richness. Right? And that has to do um, with the heart. Namely, um, how much do you love that which you give? <laughs> Think about this. All right? If you love the thing you're giving, you're going to do so um, begrudgingly, um, out of necessity, because you were told to. Right? Mom taught me that I must give to the church. Right? Or um, right? they have this, this need, and well, if I don't do it, nobody else will. That kind of thing. And it's reluctant, right? Or rather, um, Paul, I think, reflecting upon uh, Jesus' own words, uh, would say, you know, if you see your neighbor in need, then, then provide for them. Um, don't think about, well, this is my stuff, right? Uh, God provided it for you. Here, Paul would say, for um, abundance in every good work. So God has rewarded you richly with many gifts, not because of your good behavior or for yourself, but rather that, um, as you see in verse 8 here especially, God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you, having always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. And I think it's this word right here that probably sticks to us. Stick, you know, it's kind of like a sword that pierces to the division of bone and marrow, right? Having all sufficiency in all things. Do we actually believe that? I know myself personally. I know in regards to every congregation I've served, we don't believe this. We don't believe that God always provides for the needs of the saints. We think that God is a reluctant giver, and thereby we need to be um, st um, miserly, stingy. I don't know what word you want to say. We have to be very reluctant in our own giving. But I think it says something more about our faith that God is going to provide than it says about um, God himself, right? Uh, and that's why Paul wants to encourage them, saying, look, God's, God's taken care of you, and he's done it for this very purpose, that you would be able to disperse to the poor and give to the poor, right? That you would be have what you need um, to abound in every good work. Uh, so there's always this danger or temptation, I think, for Christians and then um, for congregations, you know, to kind of have that lottery mentality. Well, when we have so much money or we have so many people 
or when we finally take care of this, then we'll finally be able to do the thing that we've been wanting to do. Rather than simply say, what have we been given to do today? What do we have? What have God provided for us today? And let us serve in that way. And tomorrow, God will provide for us what we need for that day. All right, always looking forward, making plans, and never actually doing anything is kind of that lottery mentality. You know, well, when I win the lottery, you know, then I'll be able to do this or that. Um, that's just no way to go through life. Um, and there is, I mean, there's always that reluctance um, to give away, thinking that will never be returned to us, right? Well, it may never be returned to us by the person it's given to, but God will provide for you, all right? So we can be um, even outrageous. I, I like to use that word, outrageous in our, in our giving, um, knowing that God will provide for us in our need even to a fault. I mean, even um, perhaps even into poverty. Um, of course, he uses um, seed for the sower and bread for the food. And you think of the parable of how Jesus recklessly sows his word abroad, right? Which is a model for us as well. And the way that he he spreads his seed upon all kinds of soil and, and seems wasteful to us, but it's precisely how he goes about things. All right. So really a lovely chapter. Uh, great to think about our stewardship. Yeah, sermon topic. Uh, it's always a sermon topic. Uh, to Don's point, um, sermon topic, it's one of those topics that people don't want us to talk about because it cuts too close to the heart, right? And I think that makes both pastors reluctant, um, but it also scares people or it runs people off who just don't want to have um, their own greed, their own sin revealed to them, right? And that, and that's, of course, the danger that, or the challenge that's going to be set before the prophet Jeremiah. Here's our nice segue, um, who is going to be given to say some very difficult words. And he's going to be quite the reluctant prophet, um, but the Lord will strengthen him for that. Yep, that's the verse to memorize, I think, 2 Corinthians 9, verse 8. It's all God's work. Right? Um, I like to use the analogy I got from Luther, right? Um, that we don't hold on to things with open fingers, right? <laughs> and just, or think of um, the way that Boaz um, instructs his workers in the field to just let the extra seed just fall to the ground for the sake of the poor and needy, but especially for Ruth. Right, that she could glean the field after the reapers and get the scraps, right? So don't hold on to anything tightly like this. Hold on to it with open fingers. And then whatever surplus flows through will be in benefit to others. All right, good. So our reading from Jeremiah chapter 1. The words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, of the priests who were from Anathoth in the land of Benjamin, to whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah in the thirteenth year of his reign. It came also in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, until the end of the eleventh year of Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, until the carrying away of Jerusalem captive in the fifth month. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Then said I, Ah, Lord, God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say, I am a youth, for you shall go to all to whom I send you, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am able to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have set this day, or I have this day set over the nations, I have set you over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down to destroy and to plant, throw down, to build and to plant. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I said, I see a branch of an almond tree. 
Then the Lord said to me, You have seen well, for I am ready to perform my word. And the word of the Lord came to me a second time, saying, What do you see? And I said, I see a boiling pot, and it is facing away from the north. Then the Lord said to me, Out of the north country or north calamity shall break forth on all the inhabitants of the land. For behold, I am calling all the families of the kingdoms of the north, says the Lord. They shall come, and each one set his throne at the entrance of the gates of Jerusalem, against all its walls all around and against all the cities of Judah. I will utter my judgments against them concerning all their wickedness, because they have forsaken me, burned incense to other gods, and worshipped the works of their own hands. Therefore prepare yourself and arise and speak to them all that I command you. Do not be dismayed before their faces, lest I dismay you before them. For behold, I have made you this day a fortified city and an iron pillar, and bronze walls against the whole land, against the kings of Judah, against its princes, against its priests, and against the people of the land. They will fight against you, but they shall not prevail against you, for I am with you, says the Lord, to deliver you. All right, so the call of Jeremiah the prophet. All right, what's the connection again between Jeremiah and Josiah? All right, Jeremiah is the son of Hilkiah, who we talked about yesterday, Hilkiah, who was um, the the uh, pre- high priest, right, who discovered the Torah during Josiah's reign. Uh, Jeremiah begins prophesying about halfway through the reign of Josiah. What did it say in the uh, 13th year of his reign? He started when he was eight, so this would make him 21, and he reigns until he's 39. Yeah, so that's about right, about halfway. Uh, who comes to uh, speak to Jeremiah? What? Who? Uh, yes, who? The word of the Lord came to me and saying, Ah, who is the word of the Lord? In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. In him was life, and he was the light of men. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, glorious of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. That's right, Jesus came and spoke to him. Hmm. What did the Lord say to Jeremiah? This is really a lovely uh, confession of vocation, doc- the doctrine of vocation. Yeah, even before um, the Lord, Jesus, formed him in his mother's womb, he knew him as that intimate, intimate relationship. Even before he was born, he was sanctified, that is, set apart, ordained, then to be a prophet to the nations. All right, so sanctified, made holy, set apart for God's good use, specifically ordained to be a prophet to the nations. This was all uh, God's giving even before he was even conceived. Hmm. Says something about God's relationship to history, doesn't it? Jesus' relationship to history. Um, what's Jeremiah's response, though? Uh, Lord God, no. <laughs> um, I'm too young. That sounds familiar. Yeah, I'm just a youth. You'll see this with uh, Paul speaking to uh, Timothy, the way that people receive Timothy. Ah, he's too young to be a pastor. What did, uh, or what was Jeremiah told to do in verse 7? Yeah, go to everyone I send to you, uh, send you to and say whatever I command you. Don't worry about your age. Just do what you've been given to do, right? Why? There's the promise. Um, for I am with you to deliver you right there. So he's got a word of promise attached to that uh, vocation. What's the sign? Again, we have word of God, a promise of God attached to a sign. What's the sign that Mark Jeremiah as preacher? Jesus here touches his hand to his mouth. Mm, Interesting. Um, That sounds like Isaiah, doesn't it? Remember, yesterday we talked about pairs. Uh, 
Elijah and Elisha, um, Joash and Josiah. Um, here I say Isaiah and Jeremiah are a pair. Isaiah's mouth was touched by the burning coal to sanctify him, to set him apart, to preach God's word. Now look at uh, the preaching of Jeremiah. It's pretty intense, right? What's he to do with his preaching? Uproot, tear down, destroy, overthrow. We have that to set over nations and over kingdoms. Right? And he would also build and plant. <laughs> we'll talk more about that later on. All right. What's the first vision that uh, God gave to Jeremiah? Yeah, the branch of the almond tree. And uh, what's the Lord say about that almond tree? You have seen well, for I am ready to, to perform my word. All right, so almond branch, almond branch, almond. You might have to go back to a very old text. This has to do with Aaron. Remember Aaron had a staff? Is it, is it striking your memory yet? I'm going to read it for you here. What happened to Aaron's staff? All right, well, here we go. Number 17. Now it came to pass on the next day that Moses went into the tabernacle of witness. And behold, the rod of Aaron of the house of Levi had sprouted and put forth buds, and it produced blossoms and yielded ripe almonds. Then Moses brought out all the rods from before the Lord to all the children of Israel, and they looked, and each man took his rod. And the Lord said to Moses, Bring Aaron's rod back before the testimony to be kept as a sign against the rebels, that you may put their complaints away from me, lest they die. Thus did Moses, just as the Lord had commanded him, so they did. Or so he did. So the children of Israel spoke to Moses, saying, Surely we die, we perish, we all perish. Whoever even comes near the tabernacle of the Lord must die. Shall we all utterly die? All right. So the budding of Aaron's uh, rod is a sign against those who rebel against the testimony, against God's word, um, and that you put away their complaints or they would die. Right. So uh, put away complaints means that those complaints would be offered in prayer before God, um, the requisite uh, atonement, Tony sacrifice be made for the people for their rebellion, for their sin. It's all connected to the preaching of God's word. All right. Um, let's see. Second vision. Yeah, we have the boiling plot, pot, right? And this one has a little bit more explanation. Uh, of course, the boiling pot is facing away from the north, right? So it's portraying what you see here. Yeah, the destruction against the uh, cities of the north, of the south, right? From Judah being poured out from the north, right? All the way to the gates of Jerusalem. And this will all happen. Why? Tells us explicitly, just like we heard yesterday from um, Hilkiah, right? The wickedness, um, having forsaken the Lord, burned incense to other gods and worshiped what their hands had made. Okay. So again, consequences, right? Again, for their rebellion, but also now that they would trust again and be devoted to God's word, right? Repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Um, this is not going to be easy, as it is for pastors today, to preach a word that whether they like it or like it not, as the hymn says, right? So um, why would Jeremiah stand firm? Lord says here, even despite the faces they make at you, uh, angry faces, right? He, the Lord, will make him, is going to make Jeremiah like a fortified city, an iron pillar, or a bronze wall, okay? But would Jeremiah's preaching be accepted? No, right? Why? Because he's preaching against the kings, against the priests, against the people, against the princes. And they're going to fight against him, right? But again, the promise is repeated, they will not prevail against you, for I am with you to deliver you. 
namely to rescue you, not from death in this life, but to the resurrection, the life eternal. Uh, because, uh, well, Jeremiah dies because of the preaching of the Lord. Hmm. Hard word, long gospel, right? Jeremiah was chosen and set apart by God to do one thing, proclaim the word of the Lord. It's this that word that would bring down the nations, that would uh, uproot, that would destroy, that would tear down. Like Moses before him, Jeremiah would complain of his inability to speak, but the almond branch marked him to be like Aaron, who was the spokesman for Moses. Ultimately, it is the word of the Lord alone that is the strength of Jeremiah and all who are the little children of God through the waters of holy baptism. Still today, the Lord sets apart weak men like Jeremiah into the office of the holy ministry to tear down and destroy by the word of the law, but to build and to plant by the proclamation of the gospel, which is yours in Jesus Christ. All right. So, again, for the sake of confession uh, and confession leading to the repent- repentance for the forgiveness of sins, right? That's what uh, the purpose of Jeremiah's preaching. So, let's confess from the Catechism. What is confession? Confession has two parts. First, that we confess our sins, and second, that we receive absolution. That is, forgiveness from the pastor as from God himself, not doubting, but firmly believing that by it our sins are forgiven before God in heaven. What sins should we confess? Before God, we should plead guilty of all sins, even those we're not aware of, as we do in the Lord's Prayer. But before the pastor, we should confess only those sins which we know and feel in our hearts. Which are these? Consider your place in life according to the Ten Commandments. Are you a father, mother, son, daughter, husband, wife, or worker? Have you been disobedient, unfaithful, or lazy? Have you been hot-tempered, rude, or quarrelsome? Have you hurt someone by your words or deeds? Have you stolen, been negligent, wasted anything? or done any harm. All right, let's pray the collect for this week. Almighty God, you know we live in the midst of so many dangers that in our frailty we cannot stand upright. Grant strength and protection to support us in all dangers and to carry us through all temptations. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. We pray this day for the preaching of the Holy Cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, for its spread throughout the whole world, for the persecuted and for the sick and dying. We pray also uh, with Greg, who celebrates his birthday. We pray for the households of our congregation, especially this week. We remember Gary and Julie, Joseph and Andrea, James and Deborah, Jerry and Marla, Russ and Amy, Doug and Betty. Continue to rejoice uh, with Jolene and Chad, the birth of Carson John, and commend him to the waters of baptism. Pray for those ill, receiving treatment, or recovering, especially Marcella, Bev, Kelsey, Amanda, Dan, Timothy, Janice, and Ken. Norm, Sandy, Kathy, Jim, Jim, Elaine, and Mike. Pray for our homebound, Willis, Mickey, and Paul. Pray for the missions of the mission of the month, Sheboygan Area Lutheran High School. We pray an intercession for all pastors and hearers of God's word. And we pray for those grieving, especially Norm and Donna at the death of Donna's brother, Randy. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Pray the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger, and I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil that all my doings in life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul, and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. 
Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. All right, we sing, although we need music here. Aha. It's been a joy to be with you here today for our congregation of prayer. Um, I think that reading about, uh, well, both about uh, the reluctant giver, but also the reluctant prophet, right? Um, that All that reluctance is really a, it's really a sign of unbelief, right? The Lord will give uh, to you generously for the needs of the saints, for the needs of the church, for your neighbors, for your family, right? Um, the, the challenge isn't that God won't provide, the challenge is that we don't believe it. Uh, just like we saw with Jeremiah, who uh, was reluctant um, because of the word that he would be given to speak, a harsh word, a difficult word, a word of judgment, God's law against the people. Um, although there is some sweet gospel in Jeremiah's uh, prophecy, for the most part, he's called the weeping prophet. <laughs> um, so uh, again, reluctant, uh, and pastors are this way too. Uh, we like to soft pedal or soften the blow of God's word uh, rather than speak um, the law in its full sternness or preach the law lawfully, as uh, St. Paul says, um, only because 
we're so worried about uh, how people are going to respond to it, whether they're going to respond it, to it in the way, well, with love, recognizing that the pastor is preaching um, for the sake of repentance, for the forgiveness of sins. Right? Um, sometimes it's really challenging um, because despite you know our intent, um, maybe people don't receive it that way, or despite the word that we're given to speak, we we don't don't speak it um, from a place of for the sake of faith, for the sake of forgiveness, for the forgiveness or for the repentance, for the forgiveness of sins. All right, so um, I'm sure Jeremiah himself uh, confessed his sins regularly. You know, having been raised a priest in a priestly home, um, that he would offer his own a reluctance, his own difficulty, his own rebellion, his own hatred of the people and of um, of even the work that God had given him to do, offer that in confession um, so that living in the forgiveness of sins, he could uh, serve within that vocation faithfully um, in doing God's work uh, despite the difficulty of it. All right. Um, so I, I think that's kind of the key here is if you're um, hesitant, reluctant, um, it's also ultimately unbelieving. And uh, God has given you a wonderful gift in confession, absolution, but also just in prayer uh, to restore faithfulness. Uh, so take advantage of it. All right. Lord be with you all. We'll see you tomorrow. We'll prepare for uh, Sunday's divine service uh, with our readings tomorrow. Sunday is, of course, uh, the transfiguration of our Lord. I say, of course, for us on the one-year series, you on the three-year, you've got a couple more weeks of epiphany. Um, but uh, we'll recognize uh, transfiguration, uh, which actually ties in really well with what we've been talking about in Bible study. And uh, yeah, so we'll prepare for that tomorrow. So I'll see you then. Lord be with you.